Welcome to our entertainment podcast called Texas Biography, Second Republic, a fictional drama audio podcast, written, directed, and produced by Fuji Shiora. This is a fictional story that will take place in our near future, in your hometown, with your family and friends, that will make your life, and my life, never the same ever again. Prologue and Chapter 1 Stand Your Ground Introduction Ephesians 6 verse 10 Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Good morning, I'm Michael Alexander Montgomery. At the BBC World Service, we interrupt our regular programming for an urgent, important, and developing breaking news alert from America. It is currently 7.20 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time, in London, Tuesday, November 22, 2022. We now go to our BBC reporter Farrah Smith-Jones on the ground in Texas's capital, in the city of Austin. Farrah, can you inform our listeners what is taking place in the United States and Texas? In London we are getting multiple unverified news reports this morning from online social media narratives, news channels in America, Canada, and Mexico. We are also acquiring official dispatches from various embassies in London, Asia, and Europe regarding Texas and America. Hello, this is... Excuse me. Police vehicles, fire trucks, and ambulances are driving by me in a hurry. Please wait a minute. Can you hear me now? I can make out the police armored vehicles wording as the Austin Police Bomb Squad and various SWAT teams from nearby cities. Yes, of course, I hear the sirens from the cars and trucks. Indeed, I understand it has been a remarkably busy, thoroughly unpredictable, and dangerous week in Texas. Like I was saying before, good morning. This is Farrah Smith-Jones of the BBC News Canada, reporting live from the city of Austin, in the capital of Texas. It is presently around 1.30 in the morning, local time in Texas. For the past month now, the Texas capital has been full of other news reporters worldwide, anticipating and waiting for today's historical event that occurred at 1 in the morning. I can now affirm with you and our listeners, the American state of Texas, forgive me, I mean the former state of Texas in America, has just declared independence. Texas, the Texas legislature, Texas governor, and the Texas attorney general have formally proclaimed the complete departure from the United States of America as of now, at 1 in the morning, Central Standard Time, in Austin. Excuse me, there are more SWAT teams, the Texas Capitol Police Bomb Squad, fire trucks, and ambulances driving by me again. Please wait a moment. Farah, can you please elaborate and confirm that I hear you accurately on the when, where, and how did Texas declare independence? Yes. You heard me correctly. Allow me to clarify in more detail what happened. At 1 in the morning local time in America, Tuesday, Central Standard Time, after a majority of Texas voters voted in early November for Texas independence at an all-month-long emergency session of the Texas State Senate and Texas State House of Representatives, the Texas Legislature, a bicameral body composed of 31 Texas State Senators and 150 Texas State House of Representatives, voted for and declared for the complete, unconditional, and immediate withdrawal from the United States. Farah, did the Texas state legislature voted unanimously for Texas independence? What about the Texas state Supreme Court, or for that matter, the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C.? As for the Texas state Supreme Court, we are still waiting for more information. 
They have been in an emergency session for over a week now in Austin. As for the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., I will spell out to you and our listeners in just a few minutes what surprisingly occurred yesterday, before midnight and today and what many Americans and foreigners did not foresee or envision. To answer your initial question on the Texas legislature, the Texas State Senate and the Texas State House of Representatives did not vote unanimously on Texas's dissolution from the United States. In the Texas State Senate, 10 out of 13 Democrats voted against Texas independence in a boisterous and forcible tone. In the Texas State House of Representatives, 66 Democrats out of 67 voted vociferously against Texas independence. And in a remarkable surprise to many news observers, inside Texas and outside of Texas, along political party lines, all Republicans in the Texas State House of Representatives and the Texas State Senate voted thunderingly, resoundingly, and uproariously for the complete, total, and immediate departure from the United States today, at one in the morning, local time. As you can imagine many of our listeners in England, Europe, and around the world including myself, are doubting if Texas can legitimately separate, break with, or withdraw from the United States. Can Texas break away from the United States under American laws to develop into an autonomous, sovereign, or independent country? Interesting question Michael. According to local lawmakers, judges, elected representatives, and local Texas residents within the former state of Texas, I have interviewed within the last month, the answer is a resounding yes from the overwhelming majority, Texas can indeed legally declare independence from the United States of America. Whereas, on the contrary, when I met with and asked the same question if Texas can become a country to legislators, judges, elected officials and various American news reporters outside of Texas, their answer was an overwhelming obstreperous or unabashedly boisterous no, Texas cannot and will never turn into an independent country. Likewise, the United States Supreme Court officially stated a week ago that the state of Texas would never become a sovereign country. Did the United States Supreme Court provide any further clarification or clear up why Texas could not become a country? Yes. A week ago, the United States Supreme Court argued it could not become a country for many reasons. For example, the Supreme Court of the United States passionately argued Texas would not become a country because of the joint resolution for annexing Texas to the United States from 1845. It should be noted for our listeners that while the young country's leaders first expressed interest in becoming a state in 1836, the Republic of Texas did not join the United States until 1845 when the United States Congress approved the joint resolution annexing Texas to the United States. However, according to the United States Supreme Court this resolution, stipulated that Texas could, in the future, choose to divide itself into new states. The resolution reads as follows. New states of convenient size not exceeding four in number, in addition to said state of Texas. According to the United States Supreme Court, they said the resolution's language is clear, Texas can split itself into five new states. It says nothing of breaking apart from the United States. And to remind our listeners, for historical context, in the years after Texas joined the Union, tensions over slavery and states' rights mounted. A state convention in 1861 voted 166 to 8 in favor of secession, a measure that was then ratified by a popular vote, making Texas the seventh state to secede from the Union before the American Civil War. Farrah apparently, by many accounts, the former state known as Texas did turn into or become a country as of today, corresponding to you and your news broadcasts. 
I am bewildered as to why there is such a widespread, opinionated, controversial, or argumentative political, legal interpretation by so many Americans of whether Texas can or cannot be a country, in my opinion, as an foreigner, it is now much more than a matter of political speculation or American constitutional law conjecture. Our listeners and I from outside of America crave to understand why is there such an uncompromising, single-minded, hard-lying or I should rather say an unyielding, passionate difference of political, legal interpretation of whether Texas can or cannot become a country separate from the United States as we perceive it in Europe. Excellent question. As some of us may know or may not know, the United States of America consists of 52 states. Excuse me, I meant to say America formerly did comprise of 52 states, just a few minutes ago with Washington D.C. and Puerto Rico becoming states just last month. However, what many individuals outside of America may not realize is that each state in America has its own distinct, well-defined, and clear-cut written legal document called a state constitution. In the United States, each state has its individual or particularly written constitution. Every state constitution is somewhat different, exclusive, and particular for each state. Meaning, both the federal constitution and state constitutions are organic texts, or in other words, they are the fundamental blueprints for the legal and political organizations of the United States and the states, respectively. What is the difference between the federal constitution and the United States constitution? Yes, of course. To inform our listeners from outside of America, the United States Constitution is sometimes referred to as the Federal Constitution to differentiate between local state constitutions and the United States Constitution. To summarize, the United States Constitution defines the national government structure and dictates its power scope and limitation. The Constitution is known as the supreme law of the land, and all other laws are measured against it. The application of the Articles and Amendments of the United States Constitution comprise constitutional law. Can you give me and our audience an example of a state constitution and a federal constitution as it relates to today's breaking news stories of Texas becoming a country? For illustration, the American state of Nevada, home to Las Vegas, has a state constitution that legally prohibits individuals from attempting to secede, depart, or leave from the United States to become their own nation-state like Texas. Meaning, an American residing in the state of Nevada, advocating for or attempting to make the state of Nevada an independent country apart from America, could be found guilty of sedition in the eyes of the law in the state of Nevada. We must remember that the state of Nevada became a state during the American Civil War on October 31, 1864. Therefore a paramount allegiance clause was added to its constitution under which the state and its residents gave up any right to secede from the Union. The American Civil War did not end until May 9, 1865. I am a tad curious. What actions can the United States government or the United States president do with a paramount allegiance clause? The paramount allegiance clause allows the United States government and the president to use force if necessary to retain control. Allow me to read you the exact wording in the Nevada state constitution about the paramount allegiance clause. It reads as follows. The Constitution of the United States confers full power on the federal government to maintain and perpetuate its existence and whensoever any portion of the states, or people thereof attempt to secede from the federal union, or forcibly resist the execution of its laws, the federal government may, by warrant of the Constitution, employ armed force in compelling obedience to its authority. To clarify with our audience listening, the Paramount Allegiance Clause uses the wording employ armed force in compelling obedience to its authority. Do all the states have a Paramount Allegiance Clause? 
To answer your first question about the wording, yes, the Paramount Allegiance Clause uses the words employ armed force in compelling obedience to its authority. To your second question, do all the states have a Paramount Allegiance Clause like the state of Nevada, the answer is no. No, not all states in America have a Paramount Allegiance Clause, because it is implied or understood that the federal government or the federal constitution is superior to state constitutions. Does Texas have a Paramount Allegiance Clause in their state constitution like the state of Nevada? No, the Texas state constitution does not have a Paramount Allegiance Clause like Nevada. The Texas state constitution has the complete opposite of a Paramount Allegiance Clause with clear preconditions concerning remaining a part of the Union with the United States. It should be noted for our listeners, at 86,936 words, the Texas Constitution is the second-longest state constitution in the United States, exceeded only by the Constitution of Alabama, which is 388,882 words long. And just for context for our listeners, the United States Constitution, or the Federal Constitution, contains 4,543 words. Thought-provoking indeed. I should say, many of my American friends and colleagues in journalism who visit us in the UK become pretty confused with our legal system. The United Kingdom has four legal systems, each of which derives from a particular geographical area for a variety of historical reasons, English law, Scots law, Northern Ireland law, and, since 2007, purely Welsh law. With that said, I am somewhat confused, baffled, and taken aback. Does or does not an American state constitution have to be subordinate or secondary to their United States constitution, or, as you called it just a few seconds ago, their federal constitution? Yes and no, depending on who and where you ask that question. Are you asking that question inside or outside of Texas? Please explain. According to the United States Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. last week, the Texas Constitution is the foundational governing document of the state of Texas, second or subordinate only to the United States Constitution, once again, also referred to as the Federal Constitution. Therefore, all Texas laws and regulations must comply with the Federal Constitution or risk being invalidated by the state courts. The Supreme Court justices in Washington, D.C. went on to cite the Supremacy Clause. It establishes that the federal constitution and federal law generally take precedence over state laws and even state constitutions. It prohibits states from interfering with the federal government's exercise of its constitutional powers and from assuming any functions that are exclusively entrusted to the federal government. However, it does not allow the federal government to review or veto state laws before they take effect. Can you explain in more straightforward, direct, or concise terms for our listeners and me? According to the United States Supreme Court last week, the Supremacy Clause, Article 4, Section 2, of the United States Constitution, establishes that federal law, Supreme Court decisions, and the United States treaties, such as anything decided on a national level, supersedes anything agreed on a state or local level. The point is to make sure that states do not subvert or interfere with national interests. Why did you say earlier yes or no to my question if Texas can or cannot become a country? Because according to the Texas Speaker of the House, Texas Governor, Texas Attorney General, the Texas Supreme Court, and a majority of Texans who voted in the referendum for Texas independence earlier this month, the United States Constitution has been and continues to be amended, altered, or revised by the United States Congress, the United States Presidency, and the Convention of States. By such a significant degree, it is reasonably no longer the same United States Constitution. 
The Texas Speaker of the House continued earlier yesterday at around 11 at night, before the vote for Texas to become a country with a passionate, heartfelt, and stirring plea with her fellow Texas lawmakers to declare that the United States Congress, the United States Presidency, and the Convention of States have committed a form of constitutional breach of contract with Texans and with other states. The Texas Speaker of the House, continued speaking, with tears in her eyes, addressed the Texas legislature with a moving, stirring, passionate yet steady voice, went on to explain that within the last year, the federal government has steadily consolidated and expanded the federal government powers while at the same time, at the expense of eroding state control in ways that are incontestable, pervasive, and categorically inconsistent with the Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution. With the Convention of American States, that is now taking place in Washington, D.C. since January 2022. The Texas Speaker of the House further explained that the Texas Bill of Rights, Section 1, for the last year, has been willfully and consistently violated, undermined and harmed with criminal intent, malice and criminal conspiracy by the United States Executive Office, the United States Congress, United States Supreme Court, and the Convention of States. Powerful Accusations Without going into too much legal terminology, can you answer for our listeners the following questions that I have? What is the Convention of American States? Who is the Texas Speaker of the House? What is the Texas Bill of Rights, Section 1? What is the Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution? Yes. Allow me to explain the Convention of States, Texas Speaker of the House, Texas Bill of Rights, and the Tenth Amendment of the United States Constitution more clearly. As of November 2022, constitutional scholars I have spoken with recently last week have told me it would have taken 36 states to call the convention and 40 to ratify any proposed or introduced amendments. Now that Texas is a country and not a state, the convention of states now requires 35 states to call the convention and 39 to ratify any proposed or introduced amendments. Before Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. became states, and before Texas seceded from the United States, America previously consisted of 50 states, it would have taken 34 states to call the convention and 38 to ratify any amendments that are proposed. I was also told that the convention of states was a type of safeguard or counterbalance to the federal government, or the executive office, judicial and legislative branches of the federal government. To remind our listeners, the convention of states started this year, last January 2022, with many states mostly in favor. The Convention of States initially began to address only the federal government's jurisdiction, impose fiscal restraints, and place term limits on federal officials. Within a month after the Convention of States began, the delegates at the convention began proposing other amendments to the United States Constitution, to many Americans' surprise, shock, and horror. Why or how was the Convention of States allowed to introduce other amendments to the United States Constitution? The United States Constitution does not provide any guidance on the ground rules for the Convention of the American States, which is now being influenced, controlled, and subverted by, according to Texas Speaker of the House, by the United States President and her political party, who now holds the majority rule in the United States Congress, that is the House of Representatives and the United States Senate. The United States President and her political party in the United States Congress have stated that they will not interfere with the Convention of States during various news interviews and welcome and support the American States Convention and their amendments to the United States Constitution. And to my previous and second question, who is the Texas Speaker of the House? Yes, of course. Sorry. I was preoccupied multitasking and reviewing incoming emails and text messages. 
The Texas Speaker of the House is arguably one of the most powerful or influential people in the Texas government because the Texas governorship or Texas executive office, unlike other states or the United States presidency, intentionally has minimal, defined, or limited powers according to the Texas Constitution. Why would the Texas Constitution limit the powers of their executive or governor office? I have learned that many Texans are suspicious or not in favor of too much centralized power in government. For example, the Texas governor is considered weak due to a plural executive because powers are divided among other executives that consist of six offices. The governor's limitations involve his or her appointment power, meaning appointees of a governor serve six-year terms and new governors are unable to fire appointees of a previous administration. In summary, whereas the United States Constitution is brief and vague and thus allows the federal government to broadly interpret the Constitution and claim implied powers to meet specific public policy challenges, the Texas Constitution is long, detailed, and contains many statutory provisions that specify precisely what the government is allowed to do or not do. Fascinating. I wonder how many times has the United States Constitution been amended? Before January of 2022, or before the Convention of States, 27 times. It should be noted the United States Constitution was considered exceedingly difficult to amend, but according to liberal legal scholars the document structure makes frequent amendment necessary, whereas conservative legal scholars say the amendments are unnecessary. I remember the controversy in the news last summer about the Convention of States. Please remind me how many new amendments to the United States Constitution has occurred now. As of now, or as of today, November 2022, just one. With many more future constitutional amendments expected by legal scholars. Remind our listeners what amendment was successfully enacted and what amendments are being introduced by the Convention of States. The most recent amendment enacted was Section 1, Article 2, of the United States Constitution. It used to read simply as, no person except a citizen of the United States shall be eligible for the office of president. Now it reads, No person except a citizen, by birth or legal naturalization of the United States shall be eligible for the office of president. Pending amendments according to the White House Press Office are changes to the number of Supreme Court justices, voting rights for non-citizens, and limitations to the Second Amendment. Were any of the First Amendments proposed ever enacted? such as setting term limits for United States House of Representatives or United States Senators. The balanced budget amendment, the effort to add a federal balanced budget. No, Michael. None of those were enacted. How are the delegates selected, chosen, or designated? I asked that same question to the White House press secretary and she referred me to ask the states individually. It is still unclear how states choose delegates to the convention, how states and citizens are being represented in a convention, and who would ultimately get to vote on items raised in a convention. It appears every state has their own set of criteria in selecting delegates to a convention of states. Very confusing. Moving on to other news what about the Tenth Amendment I previously asked about? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. As to your question about the Tenth Amendment. It reads as follows. The Tenth Amendment was intended to confirm the understanding of the people at the time the Constitution was adopted, that powers not granted to the United States were reserved to the states, or to the people. The Texas Speaker of the House argued that the Tenth Amendment was intended to limit the federal government's authority. She also said the federal government is out of control, 
more so since the start of the Convention of States began in January 2022. What about the Texas Bill of Rights? Yes. I will get to that in a moment. I am currently waiting for a piece of news from the Texas Supreme Court. I have spoken with other local journalists that the Texas Supreme Court is still in an emergency session and will make an announcement anytime. I understand. I did not know that before about the Texas Speaker of the House, the Tenth Amendment, and the Convention of States, extraordinarily interesting for us Europeans. By the way, I just received a question in our email inbox from one of our listeners from Cambridge. She is asking the accompanying inquiry, is it true that Texas was a self-governing country before? Yes, the former state of Texas was undeniably a sovereign, independent, and autonomous country before, it became its own country, called the Republic of Texas, from 1836 until it agreed to join the United States in 1845. Texas became the 28th state in the United States at that time. Sixteen years later, it seceded along with ten other states to form the Confederacy in 1861. However, it should be noted that the geographical area that is now Texas has been dominated or fought over by Spain, France, the Confederate States of America, and Mexico in the past. Texas asserted its independence from Mexico in 1836. In essence, it was its own country, the Republic of Texas, for nine years. With embassies in London and Paris in the 1840s. I see, therefore, this is the second time Texas has developed into a country, nation-state, or second republic. Yes, that is true. Excuse me, my phone is vibrating. I am just picking up some breaking news in our emails and text messages, right at this moment, about the Texas Attorney General and the Texas Supreme Court. Allow me to share with you and our audiences the breaking news I just obtained from my email. Just to inform our listeners, in a week-long marathon session, we are now just receiving some public news announcement material from the Office of Texas Attorney General that the Texas Supreme Court, composed of one Chief Justice and eight Justices, all registered Republicans, consisting of five men and four women, the Supreme Court of Texas, has collectively, concordantly, and altogether decided in support for the Texas State House of Representatives and the Texas State Senate to pursue the lawful separation from the United States of America. The Texas Supreme Court confirmed their legal decision and constitutional point of view by pointing out the Texas State Constitution, from their Texas State Bill of Rights, it reads as follows. All political power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority, and instituted for their benefit. The faith of the people of Texas stands pledged to the preservation of a republican form of government, and, subject to this limitation only, they have at all times the inalienable right to alter reform, or abolish their government in such manner, as they may think expedient. Therefore the Texas state constitution unequivocally or in a way that leaves no doubt, says, at all times the inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government in such manner as they may think expedient. Yes, unquestionably, the Texas state constitution does present those 23 unmistakable, specific, and exact key words very plainly. They have at all times the inalienable right to alter, reform or abolish their government in such manner as they may think expedient. The Texas Supreme Court went on to say the United States government broke the contract of the Union with Texas by intentionally and repeatedly violating the inherent or understood unwritten terms and conditions in the Texas state constitution, without remorse, and with deliberate intent and calculated malice, specifically with regards to Section 1, Texas Bill of Rights. Section 1 of the Texas Bill of Rights, in the Texas Constitution, reads as follows. 
Texas is a free and independent state, subject only to the Constitution of the United States, and the maintenance of our free institutions and the perpetuity of the Union depend upon the preservation of the right of local self-government, unimpaired to all the states. The Texas Supreme Court said that the Texas governor and Texas legislature proved beyond a reasonable doubt that the right of local self-government was repeatedly impaired, obstructed, and hindered by the federal government overreach. Numerous other examples were successfully proven by the Texas Attorney General and the Texas Supreme Court on how the federal government repeatedly impaired self-government. Such other examples aside from self-government are habeas corpus violations. According to the Texas Attorney General, the Texas Supreme Court has successfully argued that habeas corpus, a writ requiring a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into court, especially to secure the person's release unless lawful grounds are shown for their detention, have been eroded by the federal government in direct contravention to the Texas Constitution that states that the writ of habeas corpus is a writ of right and shall never be suspended. The legislature shall enact laws to render the remedy speedy and effectual. The Texas Attorney General also clarified and reiterated that the Texas Constitution explicitly says habeas corpus shall never be suspended. Whereas the federal Constitution allows the suspension of habeas corpus under certain circumstances. Is the Texas Attorney General alluding to what happened in America last year? Yes. Before Christmas in 2021, the United States Attorney General in Washington, D.C. suspended habeas corpus nationwide. At a news conference with the president, he stated that United States government has the legal right and public responsibility to suspend habeas corpus for invasion, rebellion, or public safety. Therefore, when Texas no longer made wearing face masks mandatory last year, public safety was endangered around the spring of 2021, and the United States president and attorney general successfully suspended habeas corpus for almost a year now, citing public safety. Did the United States Attorney General and the United States President suspend habeas corpus because of public safety? Or was habeas corpus suspended to deter, intimidate, or impede the Texas referendum last year of Texas becoming a country? According to the United States Attorney General and the United States President, habeas corpus was suspended because of public safety. However, according to the Texas Attorney General, the habeas corpus suspension by the United States Attorney General and President was to deliberately impede and undermine the Texas independence movement. Fascinating, concerning, and complex information on the Convention of States, the Texas Speaker of the House, Texas Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, United States President, and United States Attorney General. With so much going on in Texas and Washington, D.C., I am curious what was the most memorable takeaway from all this in the last week or so. The most historic and memorable moment was when the Texas Speaker of the House concluded her teary-eyed heartfelt plea for Texas independence to her fellow Texas lawmakers with the following words made the Texas legislature erupt into thunderous applause. We did not leave the United States of America, the United States left us. For our sons and daughters on the front lines, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. The Second Republic of Texas is here and now and forever. Powerful, moving, and compelling words indeed. However, many listeners can all agree that many Texans are very galvanized and inspired. However, aside from the legal ambiguity or confusion of Texas independence, many listeners want to know if Texas can economically afford to be a country. Yes. The economy of Texas is the second largest by GDP in the United States after that of California. 
It has a GSP or gross state product of $1.887 trillion as of 2019. To put that in perspective, the country where I am from, Canada, with far more land and resources than Texas, our gross domestic product in 2019 was $1.736 trillion. Sorry for the interruption Farah, our news desk is just receiving disturbing and late reports of violence from numerous and unverified social media reports and news outlets in America about what is transpiring in Texas, or in more particular the Texas Supreme Court and the Texas Legislature. Can you thoroughly explain what is taking place in Texas? Yes, I can substantiate, corroborate, and notify you that the Texas Capitol Police of the Texas Highway Patrol, the Rangers Special Weapons and Tactics Team, the Ranger Reconnaissance Team, and the Special Response Teams of the Texas Rangers are on maximum alert. The Texas Rangers are patrolling all Texas Capitol buildings in the city of Austin, with a special concern for the Texas State Supreme Court Building on 14th Street and the Texas State Legislature on Congress Avenue. All other law enforcement is busy with crowd and traffic control, even now at 1 or 2 in the morning. With protesters protesting against the declaration of Texas becoming a country, and other large crowds celebrating in favor of Texas independence. The Texas Capitol Police, Texas Rangers and other local law enforcement were observed frantically searching for someone or something at the state capitol by myself and local news stations last night around 11. It should be mentioned that from 12 in afternoon until 11 at night there were enormous clusters of peaceful protesters rallying against Texas independence, because Austin, Houston, and El Paso is mostly Democrat, and therefore most Democrats in Texas are not in support of Texas independence. Be that as it may, by around 11 at night yesterday, the protesters gathered closer and tighter to the Texas Supreme Court's front entrances and the Texas legislature buildings when by complete astonishment, a loud, steady, and widespread gunfire could be heard nonstop for over an hour. A tumultuous, ferocious, furious, and chaotic gun battle arose between local Texas law enforcement, consisting of Texas Rangers, Austin Police, Texas Highway Patrol, and Williamson County Sheriffs, and what turned out to be well-armed undercover, surreptitious, and unmarked federal agents purporting to be peaceful protesters to give a misleading or false appearance as plainclothes citizens engaging in the peaceful yet loud protest, not in favor for the Texas independence. After the one-hour bloody free-for-all gun battle, the Texas Rangers, Austin Police, Texas Highway Patrol, and Williamson County Sheriffs neutralized by lethal force, rounded up and captured a substantial quantity of well-armed undercover federal agents. As reported and verified by local news reports, we now know they were indeed federal agents because they were attempting to forcibly penetrate or infiltrate the Texas Supreme Court building and the Texas State Legislature. The undercover federal agents were not displaying any noticeable clothing, jackets, or badges to identify themselves as federal agents. On the other hand, according to local news stations, the captured federal agents appeared to have valid government-issued identification and recent federal arrest warrants issued today from Washington, D.C., from the United States Attorney General, attesting that they were indeed federal agents of the FBI and U.S. Marshals. To the best of your knowledge, how many Texas law enforcement were injured in the attack on the Texas Capitol Complex Legislature Building and the Texas Supreme Court Building? How many of the federal agents in the conflict against Texas law enforcement were injured? Can you describe in more detail who are the protesters? The protesters I have spoken with come from all walks of life, from all over Texas and the United States. They consist of students, academics, doctors, lawyers, engineers, nurses, decorated war veterans, musicians, artists, Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, 
famous entertainers, internet influencers, and everything in between. They told me they passionately believe that an independent Texas could principate or encourage other states to do the same and thereby harm the entire United States' security, cohesion, economy, and well-being in a way that is impossible to rectify or repair. To your other question, according to local news channels, hundreds of Texas Capitol Police or Highway Patrol troopers, Austin police officers, Texas Rangers, sheriffs, and innocent protesters were seriously injured in the free-for-all gun battle. As of now, over 40 local Texas law enforcement were confirmed killed in action guarding the Texas Supreme Court building and the Texas legislature, and as of now 47 federal agents have been confirmed killed and over 100 injured. At the same time, recent security camera footage released to local news outlets and evidence found on the federal agents, now confirm the undercover FBI and the United States Marshals attempted to penetrate the building to issue arrest warrants for the Texas Supreme Court justices, Texas legislators, Texas Attorney General, the Adjutant General of Texas, and the Texas Governor. Fascinating information on the protesters. Aside from the protesters, who is the Adjutant General of Texas? Did any Texas lawmakers become injured or harmed by the undercover federal agents attempting to enter the Texas Capitol complex forcibly? Answering your last question, 13 Texas lawmakers have been reported to have been shot during the Texas Capitol complex attack. Four of the lawmakers have been reported to be seriously wounded. The adjutant general of Texas was seen earlier getting medical care near an ambulance for what was later reported to be non-life-threatening gunshot wounds. However, I can say that some of the legislators were already armed, and several legislators did accompany the Texas Rangers, going from room to room to neutralize any perceived threat. It is now believed that because the Texas legislators were armed, they were able to delay or foil the undercover federal agents' breach of the Texas Capitol complex. Just enough time for the Texas Rangers to neutralize any significant threat. And to my first question, who is the Adjutant General of Texas? Yes, of course. The Adjutant General of Texas commands the Texas military, the states, excuse me, I mean what was the state of Texas, a senior military official appointed by the governor and is comprised of the Texas Military Department, the Texas Army National Guard, the Texas Air National Guard, and the Texas State Guard. Therefore, the Adjutant General of Texas commands the Texas Military Department. The Texas Military Department is an executive branch agency of the Texas government. Along with the Texas Department of Public Safety, it is charged with providing Texas security which has the second-largest population, international border, and economy in the United States. I wonder how was the Adjutant General of Texas wounded? The Adjutant General of Texas was wounded during an intense and short gunfight inside the Texas Capitol complex, in the rotunda, against several dozen federal agents. She sustained what was reported as grazed wounds, furthermore, it was recounted by local news channels and security cameras, she held off a substantial number of undercover federal agents single-handedly before the Texas Rangers arrived for backup a few minutes later. How was she able to hold off several dozen attackers for a few precious minutes inside the Texas Capitol Complex building until reinforcements arrived? Having spoken with other local news outlets, that interviewed the Adjutant General of Texas right after the attack, she said she used a Caltech PMR-30 pistol with a 30-round magazine. She went on to explain she assisted with the Texas Capitol Police, a part of the Texas Highway Patrol or Division of the Texas Department of Public Safety, to replace their standard sidearm with the Caltech PMR-30, just last month. 30 rounds of bullets for a single handgun. Incredible. I must say, only in Texas. Yes.
Indeed. Only in Texas. Very heroic indeed. Aside from that fascinating observation. What was the third reason for the Capitol Police to use the Caltech PMR-30 pistol? I was asking that same question to another journalist who was inside the Texas State Capitol building. I was told by that journalist that when the fierce gun battle started between the adjutant general of Texas and the federal agents, lights inside the building turned off suddenly exactly where the adjutant general of Texas was firing her Caltech PMR-30 pistol. However, when the undercover federal agents returned fire, all the lights turned on exactly where they were, with excessive brightness. The journalist surmised or speculated, without proof, the Texas Capitol Complex building was outfitted with artificial intelligence sensors to detect and distinguish from the unique Caltech PMR-30 pistol round being apart from other more standard or popular handguns used by the undercover federal agents. Meaning, the Caltech PMR-30 pistol round or bullet makes an incredibly unique or one-of-a-kind sound that is readily distinguishable when compared to other more standard handguns. Aside from that fascinating observation. Also, you reported a few minutes ago of many casualties. Why were so many losses suffered by the Texas Rangers, Austin Police, Williamson County Sheriff, Highway Patrol, the protesters, and the undercover FBI and U.S. Marshals? It should be noted that the undercover federal agents that were estimated to be 200 or 300 in number were wearing plain clothes to blend in with the protesters that numbered in the thousands and some of those federal agents entered by force successfully into the Texas State Capitol building. The massive structure has nearly 400 rooms and more than 900 windows, four floors above ground and two floors below ground. The interior of the central portion forms an open rotunda beneath the dome. Crowd control was almost impossible because distinguishing from the protesters and the undercover plainclothes federal agents at nighttime was very difficult. It should be divulged that the Texas State Capitol, also known as the State Capitol Complex, is the largest state capital in the U.S. in terms of square feet. Only the U.S. Capitol is larger. It is taller than the U.S. Capitol by 23 feet. When it was built and finished in 1888, it was the seventh largest building in the world. It contains two and one-fourth acres of area, with eight and a half acres of floor space. And just for your information, the Texas Supreme Court building on 14th Street is less than a 10-minute walk from the Texas Capitol building or complex. Furthermore, as disclosed by the local news channels, the Texas Rangers Special Operations Group had to go from room to room to detect or neutralize any potential threat inside that massive building. Infrequent gunshots can still be heard coming from inside and outside the Texas Capitol building. This is overly concerning because numerous representatives from foreign consulates have been reported to have been in the Texas Capitol complex since yesterday. It should also be noted that Texas has over 100 consular offices from over 100 countries. I am often reminded that Texas is prodigious in land area. I wonder does the Texas Capitol complex include any other buildings or land area besides the Texas Capitol building? Yes. The Capitol complex encompasses a 46 square block area in downtown Austin. The Capitol complex is bounded on the south by 10th Street, on the north by Martin Luther King Boulevard, on the east by Trinity Street, and on the west by Lavaca Street, to include the William P. Clement State Office Building. Thank you for explaining that to our listeners and me. Farah, what other news do you have about the casualties at the Texas Capitol in Austin? This is genuinely concerning to all of us here in England, in Europe, and the world, I should say. As I expressed before, many casualties and wounded from Texas law enforcement 
innocent bystanders, and undercover federal agents are still being counted by local hospitals, clinics, and local news outlets. I should tell our listeners that all local hospitals and clinics are at full capacity with wounded persons in their emergency rooms. Ambulances can still be heard transporting the injured from inside and outside the Texas Capitol building. Also, it should be noted that the Texas Rangers prevented most of the well-armed undercover federal agents at the last minute of breaching the Texas Capitol building and the Texas Supreme Court. According to local news services, no one of the apprehended, captured, or wounded federal agents are native Texas residents. Of greater interest, as explained by the Texas Rangers to local news channels, is that only two of the estimated or known well-armed 166 federal agents that were captured had any zip-tie handcuffs. Also, of great concern, confusion, or mystery, is the Texas Rangers recovered a smartphone from one of the captured undercover agents. The smartphone revealed detailed information and pictures of the Texas Speaker of the House, Adjutant General of Texas, the Director of Taipei Economic and Cultural Office in Houston, the Japanese Consul General, the Peruvian Consul General, and the Israeli Consul General, all of whom were at the Texas Capitol Complex today. The Texas Capitol Police and the special response teams of the Texas Rangers have already discovered several military-grade explosives inside, outside, and around the state capital of Texas and near critical infrastructures such as electricity, water, sewage, and telecommunication lines. The Texas Rangers have asked the public and media to report any suspicious activity because they have stated that there still might be undercover federal agents at large in Texas. Interesting. What I can tell you in London we are hearing unverified social media reports that official Texas embassies have opened in the countries of Japan, Taiwan, Australia, Israel, and Peru as of today this morning. Those countries have publicly announced that Texas diplomats representing their country of Texas abroad, inside their countries, now have complete diplomatic immunity. I was not aware of that news here in Texas. However, that would explain the frequent and unannounced consular staff visits to and from the Texas Capitol complex all month long. Moving forward with other news, Farah, what additional information or details can you share with our listeners about the bloodshed or fighting in the city of Austin? I am told by local police the special response teams of the Texas Rangers continue to discover and defuse booby traps and explosives in and around where we are in the capital of Texas, where the Texas legislature is at right now. We are also just receiving unverified online social media accounts that continuous gunshots can be heard on 8th Street in the city of Austin by well-armed the United States Secret Service agents. It appears the Secret Service agents are fighting with each other for control of a nearby building complex. We know in the media, online search engines, the official website for the United States Secret Service that the Secret Service has an office on 8th Street in the city of Austin. Why they are fighting each other for a building complex is yet unclear at the moment. What else can you tell us about the United States Secret Service? Why would they be fighting one another for a nearby building complex? Sorry. Please wait a moment while read through the messages. My phone is vibrating again, and I am just getting some additional information about the governor's office and the Federal Aviation Administration. It is now being newscast online as we speak that the governor's office and the ranger reconnaissance team of the Texas Rangers are talking to their counterparts along the international border of Texas and Mexico to determine new international security protocols for the new country of Texas. Going back to answer your previous question, Michael. Farah, sorry for the interruption. This is William O'Keefe from BBC Canada, broadcasting from Toronto, in Canada. 
We were listening in before our London BBC connection with Michael was intentionally terminated. It appears the American Federal Communications Commission, also known as the FCC, has just blocked our BBC newscast internet stream from London. We are just now getting emails with instructions from what seems to be coming from the SpaceX company called Starlink in the city of Austin and the United States Space Force in the state of Alabama to broadcast on their emergency internet service to bypass the FCC censorship. We are sending you the information by email on how to access the Starlink satellite internet connection. Thank you, William. What email did you send the instructions to? Please do not use your regular email. Our BBC office in Toronto has been alerted by our network administrator that it is no longer secure, as it may be compromised. Use your Proton email account. I understand. I have to say, though, it is almost two in the morning, with an overcast tonight. I am not sure how effective the satellite internet connection will be for us in Austin. In the meantime, before the FCC disrupts our connection, what can you tell our listeners outside of America about the Texas Rangers or the Ranger Reconnaissance Team from the Texas Rangers? And what can you tell us about the international border of Mexico and the new country of Texas? Our news desk at the BBC in Canada is now reading just posted social media accounts online about the international Texas border with great confusion, concern, and interests. Like you, Farah, we are reviewing, reading, and acquiring massive amounts of unverified information about Texas and the United States, please help us understand and tell us more, if you can, about what else is happening in Texas. Pertinent questions. The local law enforcement informs me in Austin that the Ranger Reconnaissance Team of the Texas Rangers is an exceptionally experienced tactical team whose principal obligation is to carry out specialized missions, frequently along the Texas-Mexico border region or wherever desired. The team is designed to conduct both overt and prolonged undercover operations in remote areas where conventional law enforcement cannot operate. We are also hearing reports from a local news channel in the city of El Paso that the Ranger Reconnaissance Team have been observed traveling in an automobile SUV and pickup convoy collectively, with heavily armed personnel, at an alarmingly high speed with the United States Border Patrol and the Border Patrol Special Operations Group along the Texas and Mexico international border. Local Spanish-speaking news outlets are surmising they are speeding towards the United States Consulate in Mexico, which is about 10 miles from El Paso inside Mexico. The United States Border Patrol helicopters can be seen and heard in the night sky swooping low and fast ahead of the car caravan and can be heard instructing cars and trucks on Interstate Highway 110 by loudspeakers to clear the roads immediately to enter the overcrowded and traffic-congested Cordova International Bridge into Mexico. The Mexican authorities and police can be seen on the other side of the border trying to clear the roads for incoming Texas Rangers. Very unusual. Farah, what can you tell us about our BBC office in New York City? We have tried contacting them unsuccessfully from Canada. All airline flights originating from Canada, heading towards America, are returning to Canada. What, if any, information do you have for us that may pertain to this new development in America and Canada? We have received dispatches within the last 10 minutes from our American division of the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC Worldwide Americas, in our headquarters in New York City, that the entire airspace of the United States is closed for an emergency closure, for a complete ground stop by warning of the Federal Aviation Administration. All domestic and international, commercial, and private flights are now cancelled in the United States, including all military, police, unmanned aircraft, and medical flights. We are verifying, corresponding to the Federal Aviation Administration website, 
the National Operations Manager of the Federal Aviation Administration and the United States Secretary of Transportation have announced the sudden, unplanned, and complete nationwide airspace closure. As of now, the United States government officials in Washington, D.C. have yet to point out why or for how long the Federal Aviation Administration prohibited all air travel in the United States airspace. Thank you, Farah. Like many Canadians, I regularly visit family and friends inside the United States by plane or car. According to our Canada Border Services Agency, it appears all ports of entry into the United States have now been closed also on the Canadian-United States international border. Our news desk announces thousands of airline passengers at airports across America are now stranded at the airports. Angry airline passengers venting their anger online can be seen visibly upset. It should be noted to our listeners, every day, it is estimated that the American Federal Aviation Administration Air Traffic Organization provides service to more than 45,000 flights and 2.9 million airline passengers across more than 29 million square miles of airspace. In other news, Farah, what can you tell our listeners about out-of-control gun violence on or near the states that border the new country of Texas? We have received various social media stories of family members in or around Texas witnessing ongoing lethal conflict or shootings along the borders. Yes, William, thank you for that update. In other news, we have obtained multiple social media messages, pictures, and videos about escalating violence along the Texas border since yesterday morning. Random reports of sustained and escalating gun violence are expanding along the Texas borders of Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. Eyewitness social media reports show uniformed military personnel of the Texas Army National Guard, local Texas law enforcement, United States Border Patrol agents, and heavily armed civilians fighting alongside each other, engaging in a vicious gun battle, with what appears to be federal agents with military-grade weapons. Many federal agents are wearing the traditional blue identifier parka jackets with the bright yellow letter initials reading FEMA, FBI, and ATF others we could not make out precisely. Black and tan-colored armored personnel carrier vehicles with the letters FBI and FEMA can be seen engaging civilians with hunting rifles with intense ferocity. Therefore, it is presumed members of the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Federal Bureau of Investigation and other federal agencies are in direct physical confrontation against the Texas military forces, Texas police officers, United States Border Patrol agents, Texas civilians, and well-armed militias and residents of the American states of Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, sympathetic to Texas independence. Thank you for that awful and sad news update. Farah, in other information, can you elaborate on what is taking place at the airports inside Texas? We know Texas has about 400 airports, consisting of many smaller and rural airfields and 12 much larger international airports. From what we know from unverified social media messages, pictures, and short videos from airline passengers waiting impatiently and visibly upset at the Texas airports, it appears the Texas State Guard and the Texas Air National Guard have taken over all Texas airspace authority and operations from the Federal Aviation Authority. The social media platforms Telegram and Parler, with an account claiming to be the Texas Division of Emergency Management, have indicated and confirmed that they have taken over all airspace authority from the Federal Aviation Authority with the Texas Air National Guard and Texas State Guard in approximately 400 airports international airports and numerous much more minor and lesser-known local airfields in Texas. Online social media photos are now showing the Texas Air National Guard patrolling the international airports in Texas in Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, and many other international airports in Texas. 
The TSA agents can be observed wearing a blue armband around their left arm, demonstrating support for Texas independence. The Texas State Guard can be seen directing traffic with local police departments. FBI agents can be seen in handcuffs at international airports in Texas, being escorted by U.S. immigration agents, wearing a blue armband. Farah, we are now confirming with our colleagues in America and outside of Canada that numerous social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and others are now temporarily offline, with a similar message on their websites, stating that they are temporarily down for routine maintenance, updates, or unexpected power outages at their facilities. Yes, William, we have noticed from Texas those platforms going offline unexpectedly. Also, simultaneously, at around the same time, the Texas governor and their Texas Division of Emergency Management and the Texas Military Department has just carried out an emergency broadcast announcement that the Texas military forces, asserting that the country of Texas now has complete operational authority and statutory sovereignty over the Texas Army National Guard, Texas Air National Guard, and Texas State Guard of the Texas Militia. Thank you, Farah. Please bear with us while we try to figure out everything. Everything is taking place so fast. In Canada, as you can imagine, I am puzzled, like so many individuals worldwide, that we are learning of disturbing rumors about struggle or conflict within the American military on military bases, ships, and aircraft, from our Canadian military sources in Canada, England, Australia, and Europe. Just one moment, I just picked up some announcement from our news desk, to let you know Farah, we are now just getting reports that three United States Air Force E-4B aircraft, which serves as the National Airborne Operations Center for the United States government in cases of national emergencies, like a catastrophic nuclear attack or natural disaster, carried out an unanticipated emergency landing, this morning, at our Toronto Pearson International Airport in Canada. It is yet unsure why the American Air Force pilots of the E-4B aircraft nervously requested Mayday alert on open channels for a military escort from our Canadian Royal Air Force, and, not from their own first Air Force stationed in Canada, which is the United States Air Force Base, Air Combat Command Detachment located in our city of North Bay, in Ontario, Canada. Why those aircraft were airborne in the first place is yet unknown. With that said, going back to my initial batch of questions, what else can you tell us about the situation with the American military bases in Texas? Or about the Texas government? We understand all this is happening in Texas so fast, so please tell us more or as much as possible before the FCC will cut off our transmission. Thank you William, for reminding me about the threat and pending FCC censorship. I will try my best to encompass as much news as available before we are prematurely cut off. As a point of order, William, I have spoken to some of my journalist colleagues in the American news media, inside and outside of Texas. Specific news channels that the United States Attorney General in Washington, D.C. did not approve of now have experienced sudden technical difficulty broadcasting. The news outlet not experiencing technical difficulty are CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and National Public Radio, which I will get to in a moment before we lose our internet stream and radio broadcast. First, allow me to talk about the United States military installations or Army and Air Force bases in Texas. Ongoing news is coming in that numerous local news networks in Texas reveal that various United States military bases stationed in Texas can be watched by curious civilian onlookers from outside the bases, flying a blue rectangle flag with a white star, with no other flags or colors visible on the bases. The United States Army bases of Fort Hood, 
Corpus Christi Army Depot, Fort Bliss, and Red River Army Depot can be seen with the widespread and fast movement of personnel dressed in fatigues rapidly marking or spray-painting their vehicles, tanks, armored troop carriers, and helicopters with enormous and distinct letters of TXMF. The United States Air Force Bases, Dias Air Force Base, Goodfellow Air Force Base, and Shepard Air Force Base can be observed with military personnel hastily marking their combat and bomber aircraft with clear white letters TXMF and a solid blue circle with a white star. Furthermore, we are receiving random online reports from local news outlets of intermittent, large caliber, and small caliber gunfire that can be heard on or inside the other military bases in Texas, not yet flying a solid blue flag with a white star. Farah, we are looking at social media reports from Parler and Telegram, and Facebook and Twitter before the FCC shutdown, numerous civilian aircraft from all over the United States of America fleeing to Texas. Social media messages are showing up that smaller civilian fixed-wing aircraft are proceeding to carry out emergency landings at Texas Air Force bases, regular airports, backroads, and highways in Texas. Is this true? Can you corroborate this for our listeners? Excuse me. My phone is vibrating again, William. I will talk about those out-of-state private aircraft landings in Texas in a moment. We are now getting dispatches by emergency text message alert, email, social media accounts, identifying their email and social media profiles as official from the Texas Military Department, that all federal employees are ordered to report in person to the nearest Texas law enforcement officer to prepare to leave Texas safely, peacefully, and as soon as possible. The Texas Military Department is also asserting that all Texas military personnel will abide by all Geneva Conventions. Why would the Texas Military Department mention the Geneva Conventions? I am not sure, William. Excuse me. We are receiving emergency alerts again via text messages and emails. Allow me to share with you and our listeners the news. The Texas Division of Emergency Management and the Texas Air National Guard is now broadcasting on the emergency advisory radio stations and wireless emergency alerts across America to broadcast a signal to all aircraft, military or civilian, not to attempt to touch down at airfields in Texas. The signal is a warning to all fixed-wing aircraft that all known airports, large airports, and smaller rural airfields in Texas are at total capacity and cannot safely accept or accommodate any more fixed-wing aircraft to touch down in such overcrowded airfields and hangars. Additional reports from social media accounts are reporting various makes and models of military aircraft and police helicopters continue to land in Texas, emerging from outside the states from California, Washington, Maryland, Colorado, and other places. Texas airports can be seen trying to hurriedly relocate or move airplanes onto nearby roads and parking lots to make room on the airport runways. Eyewitness from unverified online reports is developing that large numbers of civilian aircraft and helicopters from outside Texas are making emergency landings on highways and roads, crowded with what appear to be families with women and children requesting political asylum. Several reports are now developing that some of those emergency landings on roads and highways were not successful. They concluded in a horrific fiery wreck because of utility lines, potholes, and oncoming traffic. It is still dark with poor visibility at 1 or 2 in the morning, local time. Sunrise is not expected until around 7 in the morning in Texas. Truly heartbreaking. Farah, sorry to interrupt, but we are picking up breaking news from Latin America about Texas. What can you tell us about Texas and Latin America? 
We are presently collecting news from Latin America also. Further developing information is just coming in that the Organization of American States, an international organization for the purposes of solidarity and cooperation among its member states within the Western Hemisphere, has congratulated Texas on becoming their 36th and newest member of the Organization of American States. The official Latin American diplomatic embassy websites in England for the countries of Mexico, El Salvador, Panama, Peru, Colombia, Chile, and Brazil have now been confirmed to welcome and declare that Texas is indeed now a member nation-state of the Organization of American States. Also, the countries of Mexico, El Salvador, Panama, Peru, Colombia, Chile, and Brazil are giving news conferences that they will open complete diplomatic missions in Houston within a week. The Latin American head of state and ambassadors of Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Bolivia are unanimously declaring jointly that they do not and will not recognize Texas as a sovereign country, and they stand in solidarity with the United States president. Likewise, the governments of Japan, Australia, Israel, and Peru have acknowledged that they have been in secret negotiations with the Texas military department since last summer. What can you tell our listeners about the White House and the United States president? Regarding your initial query about the White House, from what we know, the official website for the White House has issued an official announcement from President Harris that the American state of Texas is not, and never will be a country, separate from the United States federal government, for constitutionally legal reasons. She continues to refer to Texas as the state of Texas. Multiple American news networks, such as CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and National Public Radio, are now reporting that the United States Attorney General in Washington, D.C., has issued federal arrest warrants to the United States Marshal Service and FBI for all elected officials, government employees, military personnel, and civilians in Texas participating, supporting, in or conspiring in the criminal acts of sedition, insurrection, and domestic terrorism charges. CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and National Public Radio are urging viewers to contact law enforcement or their news stations to report suspected domestic terrorists or insurrectionist sympathizers in their community, churches, schools, and work. Going back to your previous report on the American Organization of American States, can you elaborate for our listeners how or why the Organization of American States officially acknowledged Texas on the same day as their Declaration of Independence? At the moment, I cannot explain how or why the majority of the Latin American countries publicly recognized the government of Texas on the same day Texas declared sovereignty. Since last summer, the governments of Japan, Australia, Israel, and Peru have acknowledged today that they have been in secret negotiations with the Texas military department since last summer and must have played much more of an essential role in Texas independence than previously expected. I can tell you for sure that I have been reporting from within Texas for over a year now, and the Chief International Protocol Officer of Texas and the Adjutant General of Texas have been frequently verified traveling to Latin America, Japan, Taiwan, Israel, and Australia numerous times this year together. Why would a state-level employee like the Adjutant General of Texas or elected person be traveling to Latin America or Asia? Who is the Chief International Protocol Officer of Texas? According to the official website of the country of Texas, the Secretary of State is one of six officials named in the Texas Constitution who form the executive branch of the state's government. The Secretary is appointed by the Governor and confirmed by the Senate. The Secretary of State handles a wide range of duties imposed by statute, executive order, and the Texas Constitution. The Secretary of State serves as the Governor's liaison for Mexico and border affairs. As Chief International Protocol Officer for Texas, 
The Secretary of State receives international dignitaries and delegations on behalf of the Governor and the State of Texas. Why the Adjutant General of Texas visited Latin America and Asia with the Texas Chief International Protocol Officer is yet unclear. However, to restate, as Chief International Protocol Officer for Texas, also known as the Secretary of State, the Secretary of State receives foreign dignitaries and delegations on behalf of the Governor and the State of Texas. Thank you for explaining who the Chief International Protocol Officer is. Where is the Chief International Protocol Officer for Texas or the Texas Secretary of State right now? We found out the Chief International Protocol Officer for Texas was last mentioned by local Spanish-speaking news outlets to be in Mexico at the United States Consulate in the city of Juarez, speaking with various news networks from Latin America, Asia, and Europe. Intriguing. Well, Farah, what can you tell listeners about the blue flag and white star? And to corroborate what we might already know, what do the letters TXMF stand for? Also, are you saying the United States government and the United States Attorney General are calling, identifying, denouncing, or charging the Texas government, Texas governor, Texas Supreme Court members, or Texans in general engaged in the Texas independence movement as domestic terrorists? I mean, this is a stunning turn of events for the United States, Texas, and everybody in the international community. Yes William, acknowledging your last question, according to the news reports and previous social media accounts we are receiving from the White House, other news sources, and government text message alerts, the United States government is indeed charging all Texans and any other Americans with domestic terrorism if they supported, advocated, or participated in any way with the Texas independence movement. And to your initial question about the letters of TXMF, I am told that the letters TXMF stand for the Texas Military Force. I have seen various pickups hastily marked or spray-painted with multiple colors, with the four letters TXMF, with well-armed civilians. Earlier in the day, when I spoke to a father, mother, and their two teenage sons and three teenage daughters, all armed with hunting rifles, inside one of the pickup trucks, marked boldly on the sides with the letters bright orange construction spray paint letters of TXMF, he told me all able-bodied men and women had been called up by local officials like mayors to safeguard critical infrastructures, such as their electric grid, water, telecommunications, and sewer, from outside sabotage. He went on to say that pickup trucks are now playing an unanticipated, unforeseen, and highly crucial role in logistics in delivering weapons, ammunition, food, water, and medical care for the front lines on their disputed international borders of the states of Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. And speaking of those charges against the Texas government officials, Texans in general, and their supporters in other states. It is uncertain how such an order will be carried out adequately, safely, or promptly because of the current and previous reports of escalating gun violence on the now-assumed international Texas borders with Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. Yes Farah, thank you for pointing out what the TXMF stands for. What can you tell us about the country of Mexico? How are ordinary people or government officials in Mexico feel about Texas along their international border? From our sources with our news media colleagues in Mexico City, the Mexican ambassador in Washington, D.C. has stated in an unscheduled news conference that Mexico will not interfere with internal matters of state with the two countries of Texas and the United States and encourage both countries to show restraint, patience, and to engage in peaceful exchange. Many Mexicans I have spoken with are now calling Texas their sister republic. Most Mexicans are ambivalent about Texas as a country because so many Texans have a mixed heritage combined with mutual economic interests with both countries. 
We have tried multiple times contacting our New York BBC office without success. What have you heard about inside Texas about the international community? We have learned from our New York City BBC office that the United Nations Security Council and the 10 elected member countries and the five permanent members of China, the United States, France, the United Kingdom, and the Russian Federation have all called for an emergency meeting yesterday in New York City, where the United Nations is currently headquartered. China, Russia, and the European Union are demanding immediate answers from the United States President and the United States Secretary of State to confirm who controls the nuclear arsenal of weapons in Texas, if any, and who is in the authority of the United States Navy, Air Force, Army, Marines, Coast Guard. Likewise, the United Nations Security Council is seeking certainty, verification, and assurances who is in command of the United Space Force, after unverified online reports that NASA in Houston and SpaceX in Austin have quietly and peacefully taken control of Space Force from their headquarters in Alabama. Furthermore, we are now hearing from other news channels the governors of Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, Kentucky, and Georgia have announced a state of emergency. Conflicting reports of gunfire are being reported on the military bases in those states. Very concerning. I would presume the United Nations Security Council is already in session. In other news, you told us a few minutes ago there was violence on the Texas borders of Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, have you had time to contact or ask questions to those states' governors? I have tried contacting those governors of those states for the last week without success. To repeat, the governors of Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and New Mexico could not be reached all week. With online speculation, they have previously been rounded up and detained at unknown locations by the FBI and U.S. Marshals. Why would the governors of Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and New Mexico be arrested or detained by the FBI? Good question. At the moment, I do not know for sure. Once I have confirmed the governors of Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and New Mexico have been arrested or detained, we will inquire why. I see. Let us move on to other news. We know Texas is a vast state, excuse me, I mean country, or prodigious in land area size. Are there any specific Texas localities that should be a particular newsworthy concern for Texans, Americans, and international audiences? Yes. Earlier today, we read online reports and heard from the Texas Civil Defense on the radio about the Texas cities of Bay City and Glen Rose. At around 11 at night, we received online messages from the Texas Air National Guard that all airspace in and around the two nuclear power plants in Texas are now considered combat zones, a strict no-fly zone for 100 miles. The no-fly zone will be reinforced with lethal force. Local police have reportedly captured and stopped several suspected saboteurs after a furious exchange of gunfire in Bay City and Glen Rose, with suspects having forged Department of Energy identification. There are two operating nuclear power plants in Texas. The South Texas Project or STP is in Matagorda County near Bay City, about 90 miles southwest of Houston. Comanche Peak Nuclear Power Plant, which is in Somerville County near Glen Rose, about 40 miles south of Fort Worth. Both have twin reactors. Furthermore, it is being reported online that the mayors and the residents of Bay City and Glen Rose are praising the local non-governmental militias in Texas known as the Texas State Militia Falcon Unit, Texas State Militia Guardian Unit, and Northern Texas State Militia, for helping protect the two nuclear reactors from the saboteurs, and therefore preventing a potential and devastating man-made Chernobyl-like disaster. 
Because the non-governmental Texas militias were locals, the non-governmental Texas militia easily, readily, and correctly identified outside saboteurs that traditional and larger state governmental agencies like the police and the military did not or could not detect apprehend in such an efficient and timely manner. Farah, are you saying the civilian or non-governmental Texas militias are now playing a crucial or vital role in Texas security? How are they coordinating to detect or prevent such security breaches in Texas? Yes, the local non-governmental Texas militias are playing a vital role in protecting critical infrastructure in Texas. Also, I have met with several individuals in Austin who told me they are working at the Texas Civil Defense as an ad hoc command and control center for non-governmental Texas militias across the country of Texas. To put this in perspective for listeners, the state is so large that El Paso, Texas, is closer to San Diego, California, than Houston, Texas. Similarly, Orange, Texas, is closer to Jacksonville, Florida, than El Paso, Texas. Texas occupies roughly 7% of the land and water area of the United States. Furthermore, it appears now, from various news reports, it was the civilian or non-governmental Texas militias that somehow discovered the plot to attack the Texas Capitol complex yesterday and thereby giving advance warning to the local law enforcement and the Texas Rangers in the city of Austin to commence searching for the undercover federal agents mentioned earlier frantically. Why were saboteurs needed to affect, manage, or control the Texas electricity grid? Why didn't the United States federal government or the United States Department of Energy regulate or control the electricity from outside of Texas? Because Texas has its own electric grid, completely separate from other states. However, it should be noted, some Texas cities acquire electricity from Mexico, one in Laredo at 100 megawatts and the other in McAllen at 300 megawatts. Aside from the Texas having their own electrical grid. In point of fact, our listeners and I want to learn more about these non-governmental Texas militias. Many questions are coming in from our listeners about the non-governmental militias in Texas. However, our time may be limited or interrupted by the FCC. Can we move on to financial news? Yes, of course, Michael. In Canada, we are discovering and learning of international apprehension, alarm, or foreboding in the financial markets. What do you perceive in Texas about the global financial markets as it relates to Texas becoming a country? In financial news today, in other markets opening this morning, with the announcement of the secession of the former American state of Texas from the United States, the cryptocurrency known as the Lone Star has skyrocketed in value, contending with other bitcoins as of trading as of today in Asia. Extreme volatility in the United States and world financial markets is predicted to take place later in the day when markets open in America and Europe. The Asian markets are already showing massive sell-offs in United States Treasury bonds. The companies of Apple, Google, Tesla, Samsung, Facebook, PayPal, Deutsche Bank are rumored to have purchased the Texas Bitcoin called Lone Star after various exchanges a month ago have commenced the process of relocating to Texas to get around a transaction tax by New York City. The exchanges that have trumpeted their resolve to relocate to Texas are a coalition of financial industry giants like Nasdaq, CBOE Global Markets Incorporated, Citadel Securities, Equinix, Incorporated, UBS Group AG, TD Ameritrade, and the Intercontinental Exchange, who are the owners of the New York Stock Exchange. We are getting those news reports about the United States Treasury bonds massive sell-off by China and other countries. As you may know, I write for various financial news publications. I am often asked by my readers why the United States owes China so much money, over $1 trillion. Because the government of the US spends more than it takes in tax and borrows the difference. 
the people and companies of the U.S. overall save extraordinarily little, that is, their total savings are similar to their borrowings, so foreigners have to provide the rest. I never imagined the New York Stock Exchange would relocate to Texas to avoid those new transaction fees. It will be an interesting, if not historic, day of trading. Yes. I assume the financial markets will be in turmoil today. Also, apart from the financial news, can you please explain what does the blue flag and white star mean to our listeners? Regarding your question on the blue flag with a white star, I have been told by different local Texans the blue flag with one star represents the modern Texas independence movement. However, I am told by others that the blue flag with one star has considerable historical relevance, dating back to feuding between Mexico and the creation of the Republic of Texas in the 1820s and 1830s. Therefore, the blue flag with a single star predates the more widely known red, blue, white, and single star flag, also known as the Lone Star Flag. The blue flag with one star, also known as the Burnett Flag, was used from December 1836 to 1839 as the Republic of Texas's national flag until it was replaced by the currently used one known today as the Lone Star Flag. Just for your information, the Burnett flag was adopted by the first Congress of Texas's resolution and signed by President Sam Houston. Fascinating information on the blue flag with a single star. Farah, you have been reporting from Texas and other parts of America for almost a year. What reasons, in your journalistic opinion, made or convinced a majority of everyday Texans, Texas lawmakers, and Texas academics to declare Texas independence? I wonder, was it the Wall Street market crash of summer 2022, the US dollar no longer being the global reserve currency, the Tijuana Mexico naval base by China, or the revelation by whistleblowers inside the Federal Election Commission, the CIA, and NSA that 2020 presidential election was indeed undermined, influenced, and manipulated by foreign intelligence services? All those events played a significant role in convincing many Texans to seek independence, However, one of the most compelling reasons for many ordinary Texans was the refusal of CDC and the United Nations World Health Organization to make the coronavirus vaccines open source for public review and inspection. The massive amount of laundered casino money from overseas casinos from foreign intelligence services, which in turn was used to legally compromise, enfeeble, and flood with enormous sums of money the American 2020 presidential election, American election officials, and politicians, was another motivating factor. The unexpected and blitzkrieg-like dethronement of Hollywood as the global entertainment capital, by artificial intelligence and their artificial avatars, was another reason. It collapsed the entire California real estate market within a week. Exacerbating other fiscal problems in the state, like the underfunded California pension liability, which was discovered to be over a trillion dollars, not a hundred some billion dollars as previously thought. It is now believed and speculated by many economists in academia, the California fiscal collapse of the state sparked the summer 2022 market crash on Wall Street. Very telling indeed. What about Tijuana, Mexico? Over the last year, many Texans I spoke with have become convinced the United States President and the United States State Department are to blame, through inadequate diplomacy or inaction, for the new Chinese naval base under construction in Tijuana, Mexico, with a 99-year lease. What else have you heard or know about the Tijuana Chinese naval base? I have heard the Chinese Navy, also known as the People's Liberation Army Navy, have already set up barracks on several islands, about 8 miles from the Tijuana coastline. The four small islands are about 15 or 19 miles south of the San Diego Bay entrance. 
Naval Base San Diego, also known as 32nd Street Naval Station, is the second-largest surface ship base of the United States Navy and is located in San Diego, California. Naval Base San Diego is the Pacific Fleet's principal home port, consisting of over 50 ships and over 190 tenant commands. The base is composed of 13 piers stretched over 977 acres of land and 326 acres of water. The total base population is around 24,000 military personnel and over 10,000 civilians. It has also been reported by Mexican news outlets that local Mexican fishers can see bright white missile turrets on four of the small islands. Military experts on the news talk shows have presumed they are the new hypersonic anti-ship missiles that can travel 10 times the sound of speed. It is rumored the islands are now the home port for China's Pacific Aircraft Carrier Strike Group. The bright white color is also rumored to make a clear statement that the new Chinese hypersonic missiles are stationed there and are ready. Very concerning for the global balance of power indeed. How did the Chinese Navy build a naval port so fast? It has been speculated that the four large oil tankers moored near the islands are not oil tankers, as initially designed. Instead they are retrofitted and repurposed oil tanker ships, redesigned with high-tech 3D industrial printing machines to prefabricate building parts like support beams, walls, floors, windows, doors, tables, and even chairs. A prefabricated building cast would allow for more versatility and saves time. If the new hypersonic missiles did launch an attack on the San Diego naval base, how much time or warning would that base have? According to the experts I have spoken with, the San Diego naval base would have less than three seconds to respond or react to the news of Chinese hypersonic anti-ship missiles stationed on the islands. Also, China is also being praised by the Mexican government publicly for stabilizing the Mexican society through massive public works program. Such as starting work on building a new sewer system for Tijuana and for laying the groundwork for a new train line from the city of Tijuana to La Paz, located in the far south. Future train lines are rumored to also start from Tijuana to the cities of Monterrey and Matamoros on the Gulf. Amazingly effective diplomacy with the public works programs. However, regarding the Chinese naval base, three seconds does not seem like enough time for the American Navy to respond, genuinely concerning. Moving on to other news, tell us if anything about our New York BBC office, we lost contact with them an hour ago. Also, any additional information from the White House? Thank you for reminding me William, my phone was vibrating, I was busy multitasking, reviewing our emails, social media chatter, and breaking news announcements on our smartphones, with information about the White House, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and Our Majesty's Diplomatic Service, which I will share with you and our listeners in a moment. What have you discovered about Washington, D.C.? Once again, we did try contacting our colleagues by telephone, email, and social media, in, or should say, around the United States capital of Washington, D.C. without success. I can say that our American division of the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC Worldwide Americas, in New York City, have told us yesterday, the American Convention of States continues to be held in session in Washington, D.C. From what we know, Washington, D.C. is still under heavy military and police security presence, with all public demonstrations, protest, or news outlets and journalists are prohibited, out of an abundance of caution, to visit in-person Washington, D.C. as a protection against the transmission of the new coronavirus, called C-20. It is yet uncertain or yet unverified if all the delegates of the American states are in personal participation in Washington, D.C. According to the White House Press Secretary and President Harris, 
All required state delegates have been accounted for and are there in attendance for the convention of states to lawfully amend or alter the United States Constitution to the will of the American people. We cannot verify if this is true since all media is prohibited from visiting Washington, D.C. since the start of C-20 coronavirus. However, President Harris was reported by leading news organizations yesterday to reveal that she is confident America will decide with her and the Convention of States that the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, is not an individual right of all Americans in the Bill of Rights and is no longer called for, functional, outdated, or wished for by most Americans in a contemporary, enlightened, and open society. President Harris suggested that the United States Constitution's founders merely designed the Second Amendment for a militia like the National Guard and not ordinary citizens. What news can you tell our listeners about the American Congress or United States Congress? We have picked up rumors online before the FCC censorship that a new bill in the United States Congress, sponsored by the White House and the President's political party, comes up with a new gun law to limit gun ownership solely for law enforcement or the military. Both chambers of the United States Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate are currently dominated by one political party. What about the health news or government actions regarding the new coronavirus called C-20? What information do you hear about C-20 in Texas or outside of Texas? In international health news, from what we know, our United Nations World Health Organization, the American Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, European Medicines Agency of the European have continued to require all commercial air, land, and sea travel restrictions for non-vaccinated persons. All school children are still obligated to be vaccinated to attend in-person classrooms at their schools in America and Europe. Only Texas is not calling for a mandatory vaccination to travel, attend a school, go to work, and attend church services. Europe, China, the United States, and other countries still require a new coronavirus identification card, printed or on your smartphone, similar to an airline pass QR code, travel, work, or study, out of an abundance of caution. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has maintained its ban on all in-person church, sports, and other similar large group gatherings of more than 10 people out of an abundance of caution for public safety and health compliance. Human microchip implants are now being recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for all secondary and primary students in America for contact tracing health reasons. What can you tell us about the other large metropolitan cities in the United States? Our information is diminished due to the FCC restricting Internet and other communications inside and outside of Canada. In other related news, I can establish that continued civil unrest continues in the large urban American cities of Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, Chicago, Atlanta, New York for widespread food shortages at grocery stores and erratic and inadequate supply of drinkable water and fuel. Since last month's hijacking of freight trains in the Midwestern states, America's train networks have been at a near standstill by hungry and desperate crowds trying to search for food for their families. Food shortages have worsened since the summer of 2022. William, please wait. My phone is getting messages. We are now confirming with Our Majesty's diplomatic service. The news is just showing up that the United States Department of State has issued a State Department's worldwide caution alert for all United States consulates and embassies overseas not to travel to Texas or to do business with Texas. Furthermore, our diplomatic service has obtained official communication from the governor of Texas granting immediate political asylum to all active-duty United States military personnel overseas requesting to immigrate to the country of Texas. 
The Texas governor's communique goes on to state that active or retired members of the United States State Department and the United States Intelligence Community and their subordinate organizations will be granted political asylum on a case-by-case basis by the Texas Attorney General Office. Fascinating and very disturbing at the same time. What else can you tell our listeners about the American intelligence community and the recent Texas Declaration of Independence by the Texas government? Earlier today, as I mentioned before with our London BBC office, before London was disconnected by the FCC, we did receive random unverified reports from online social media accounts of a violent, bloody, and ongoing gun battle occurring at or near the United States Secret Service office in the city of Austin. Online rumors are circulating that the CIA and the NSA have undisclosed offices nearby. Local news channels have told us that many federal agents from inside and outside of Texas, from the DEA, FBI, ATF, and other federal law enforcement agencies, have come to Austin to request political asylum. The federal agents that fled to Texas for refuge have said in online interviews that many federal enforcements are refusing orders by their superiors, with severe consequences. They have also stated that a few of the people fighting along the new international border of Texas around Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico, and Oklahoma are newly recruited non-law enforcement federal employees from FEMA, Department of Transportation and other federal agencies pressed into law enforcement duties. Furthermore, in other related news, the 16th Air Force, also known as Air Force's Cyber, or 16AF, is a United States Air Force organization responsible for information warfare, which encompasses intelligence gathering and analysis, surveillance, reconnaissance, cyber warfare, and electronic warfare operations. Its headquarters is at Joint Base in the area of San Antonio and Lackland in Texas. Ongoing fighting and gunshots can be heard outside and inside the United States Air Force Base. Local news channels have reported that in San Antonio, The Texas Army National Guard has the Lackland Air Force Base surrounded with heavy armor, such as tanks, armored personnel carriers, and Humvees. Local San Antonio news outlets also report that the San Antonio Police Department, the San Antonio Special Weapons and Tactics or SWAT team, with the Texas State Militia breached several entrances into the Air Force Base around midnight tonight. That is unheard of, I mean, is this the start of a new American Civil War? Are there any Central Intelligence Agency officers at the Air Force Base? After all, you did say that the United States Air Force Base located there performs intelligence gathering. Texas has over 100 foreign consulates, as you mentioned before, can I correctly assume a high probability Central Intelligence Agency officers are in Texas? As to your first question, I hope this is not the start of a new American Civil War. I cannot confirm if there are any Central Intelligence Agency officers at the Air Force Base although I would assume so, and if not at the base, then elsewhere in Texas. However, I can say with factual certainty that there are many United States military personnel based in Texas, from all over America, and from other states. Various news reports posted online from local news outlets, from the conflict at the Lackland Air Force Base have demonstrated by video, the local San Antonio Police Department shouting over loudspeakers, from squad cars for all the few remaining holdouts on the base, to peacefully surrender, for an immediate and safe transport out of the country of Texas. Online social media accounts with posted video of members of the Texas State Militia and what appears to be a female member of the San Antonio Police SWAT team lowering the United States flag, folding it carefully and respectfully, and raising another flag in its place, a large flag that is a solid blue rectangle with a single white star. Excuse me, Farah, we are now receiving unverified reports from online, 
from other Canadians visiting and living abroad in America, of small arm gunfire being heard at or near the American Navy warships docked in the American states of Hawaii, California, Florida, and Alaska. It is being reported right now that the Los Angeles Police Department, other California police departments, and the United States Marines are securing naval shipyards in California, with only the California state flag being seen raised. Fighting has broken out at the Naval Air Station Lemoore in Lemoore, Naval Base Ventura County near Oxnard, the Naval Base Point Loma in San Diego, U.S. Naval Weapons Station in Seal Beach, and the Naval Surface Warfare of Santa Barbara. Camp Pendleton, near San Diego, can be seen flying only the California state flag also. The California Highway Patrol can be seen escorting various military convoys to yet unknown locations. Thank you for that news update. I was not aware of that happening in California. Excuse me. My phone is receiving messages again. Additional breaking news is coming in again from our Spanish-language BBC News affiliate in Mexico, reporting hearing gunfire inside the United States consulate compound in the Mexican city of Juarez, which is about 10 miles from El Paso, Texas. What was that sound in the background? I can now hear loud detonations and gunfire near where we are broadcasting from, just several hundred yards outside from the Capitol complex. Do not worry William, I assure you I am far away from the explosions. Jets are flying by above me. There are several helicopters landing near me. Some of the helicopters say Houston Police Department, and the larger helicopters appear to be Black Hawk helicopters from Border Patrol. I can see a large group of United States Navy officers exiting the helicopters, surrounded by the Texas Rangers SWAT team for what appears to be for protection, with guns pointing outward, proceeding at a furious and fast pace towards the Texas Supreme Court building. The United States Navy officers are wearing the American submarine warfare insignia of two dolphins. I can make out what appears to be a dark blue baseball hat, with the words USS Montana and SSN 794. Farah, I hear the background explosions, please be careful, what other news can you share with us before we are disconnected? Why would the United States Navy, or United States Navy personnel from the submarine force, be visiting Texas or the Texas Supreme Court at 1 or 2 in the morning? At the moment, I honestly do not know yet. Have you heard anything from the American Pentagon? Nothing yet. Okay. Moving on to other news. Our head of station in Toronto is warning me in our BBC studios that your connection is no longer secure or reliable and may be terminated anytime by the FCC. Thank you William, I just wanted to share with you and our listeners other developing news in Texas before our connection is terminated or compromised by the FCC. We are likewise now just getting news about a massive gun battle in the Texas city of Amarillo. Furthermore, an enormous detachment of military trucks, heavy armor, and helicopters painted with the Texas military's initials, TXMF, are rushing towards northeast Austin. It is suspected by local news outlets they are traveling towards the factory. The factory is called the Pantex plant, situated northeast of Amarillo, Texas, which is home to a vital facility for the eventual assembly dismantlement, and nuclear weapons maintenance in the United States. Onlookers and local news outlets are saying online that the entire U.S. Highway 60 near the Pantex plant resembles a war zone. Also, news reports are coming from Houston that fierce fighting is now being reported on University Boulevard in the city of Galveston, Texas, outside and inside the Galveston National Laboratory, which belongs to the Biodefense Laboratory Network. Coast Guard helicopters can be observed from curious onlookers on the beaches of Galveston, 
participating in a firefight with an American naval frigate less than a mile offshore. American Navy sailors can be noticed jumping from the United States Navy ship towards a nearby waiting United States Coast Guard ships called the Mohawk, Algonquin, and Comanche, with searchlights on, flying a blue flag with a white star. Another fighting incident is now being reported at the Army base of Fort Bliss, home to the Chemical, Biological, Radiological, Nuclear, and Explosives Command. This is Farrah Smith-Jones. We will continue to report on the current, evolving, and breaking news alert from the United States of America and the Second Republic of Texas. Farah, I have just one further question. Hello Farah. Are you- This is an emergency alert system broadcast by your Federal Emergency Management Agency. This is not a test. We repeat this is not a test. By emergency order of our United States government, your city, county, and state are now under martial law. Mandatory vaccinations are now required to travel in your city, county, and state. Non-vaccinated persons must obey a curfew from sunrise to sundown, which is in place for public safety to prevent the spread of COVID-20. You are to always remain indoors after sunrise or face arrest, imprisonment, or fine. Curfew will be enforced by force if necessary. All private firearms are now prohibited by a new federal public safety law. If you see a firearm or non-vaccinated person, say something to your nearest government official, hospital, law enforcement, radio or news station. This is an emergency alert system broadcast by your Federal Emergency Management Agency.